make sense. Rolandians. Ordians. Okay, but I won't accept Dians, as some <laughs> Americans say. No, no, no. And I spent hours listening to recordings, music, looking at the covers, and dreaming, you know. Was something we both discovered at the same time. Very kind of silence. Yeah, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean? Say yes. I just improvised this. Uh, an interpreter, I'm a guitarist and composer, and that makes the process different in my brain. Hi everyone, and welcome to All Strings Considered. I'm your host, Scott Wolf. All Strings Considered is brought to you in part by Guitar Salon International, the world's largest selection of fine classical and flamenco guitars and accessories. Today, we're going to hear from an internationally renowned guitarist and one of today's most prolific composers and arrangers for the classical guitar, Roland Diaz. You know what? I don't really trust my pronunciation of his name, so I'm going to leave it to him. Roland Diaz. From the very first days of the guitar as a classical instrument, most of its composers have often had to also be virtuoso guitarists themselves. This owes mostly to the incredibly difficult nature of composing solo music for an instrument that was originally created and intended for the accompaniment of the voice and melodic instruments like violin and flute. The other important tradition that is in place to augment the classical guitar repertoire is the arrangement and adaptation of works originally composed for another medium. For instance, the famous Albeniz Suite Española is now far more popular as a guitar arrangement, even though it was originally written for piano. is the embodiment of both of these traditions, both the virtuoso player and composer, as well as contributing to the body of works for solo guitar through his extensive list of arrangements. Uh, it's, it go, it's a fast piece. Uh, yeah. started in the middle of, of a master class in Portugal. A guy badly played some Pichinginha for me, but I must say he was, he's, he was a jazz player, by the way, but he played on the classical guitar with, uh, you know, with the hands, so it was not nice. Technically, the tone was not good, but, but, my God, I know my next project, all Pichinginha. So after he played this tune that was a bit obscure, I didn't know this piece, and I, I thanked him a lot to say, thank you very much. Said, Why? Did I play that great? <laughs> say, not because of this, but because you gave me the real, the project is, uh, yeah, it's clear. It's done. And this guy helped me a lot by scanning a big real book, you know. It scanned like over 100 pieces, one by one. <laughs> Pichinguinha was a Brazilian flutist, saxophonist, and composer. 
He is best known in Brazil for his contribution to a style of music called Choro. Choro gets its name from the Portuguese verb to cry, and was improvisational music infused with the same African rhythms that are used today in samba. This style was played outside, in the lively streets of Rio de Janeiro, and played a similar role to that of Dixieland jazz here in the States, in New Orleans. In particular, Pichinguinha was known for incorporating more sophisticated, jazz-influenced harmonies into Choro. Roland's latest album is comprised entirely of his arrangements of music by Pichinguinha, and is called Naquele Tempo. with Roland, I hadn't yet heard this CD, and so he was kind enough to play me one of his favorites off this album. It's titled Rosa, which means rose. It's a really lovely ballad, and expresses that sadder, more nostalgic and yearning side of Choro. It's a beauty, Rosa, it's, mm. it's a beauty. Thank you. 
And all these themes became song, all of them, with lyrics and Rosa is one of them, is uh, pure beauty. I also asked Roland how he began his relationship with the guitar. Oh my God. So I, I have to put the tape. Was it your first instrument? Yes, my first and last. You know, when I was a kid, really a kid, like three, four years old, I spent most of my time listening to, C- to CDs, to discs, you know, recordings, and I was sitting on the floor with my granny. I already loved to share music, even, you know, if I didn't play, but to share music with people. And I spent hours listening to music, looking at the covers, like that, and dreaming, you know. And among these uh, recordings I had, one of them was a kind of innocent female singer. La maison de ma grand-mère a son vieux toit tout démoli. Sa façade est patibulaire, minée par les intempéries. Cheminée, portes et fenêtres, laisse entrer le vent et la pluie. Sur les meubles, les oiseaux en fête viennent y déposer leurs espiègleries. Et pourtant, ma grand-mère n'a jamais voulu la faire réparer. Et pourtant, ma grand-mère n'a jamais voulu la faire réparer. She was like 17 years old. And she made a huge success in France at that time. With four songs and three chords. Four songs, three chords, really, no four chords, but well done, just beautiful, you know. And it was my, as far as I remember, my very first approach to the guitar, classical guitar song. She was a myth in the late 50s. Marie-Josée Neuville, N-E-U-Ville. And then, yeah, the guitar, the sound, the tone of the guitar entered my soul, I would say, from that. And then I was, yeah. You know, there was something every time. I was nine years old. I was in a, what do you say, a camp, holiday camp, something like that. And, you know, the leader, counselor, you say, played uh, to accompany songs, you know. And I, I remember I got really jealous of him. <laughs> and I even say to one of my friends there, you know what, I do better, I do better than you do. I play the guitar. I didn't. Nothing. The A and the other, A, you know what, he say that. <laughs> so his friend turns on him and tells everyone that Roland has said he can play better than the counselor. And they brought me the guitar, and it was a tragedy for me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, the shame of my life. I tried to uh, to play three notes, and it was like they took advantage of me. They laughed like crazy. And then it took me like one month to start, to begin the guitar lesson. You know, that's it. Never again. <laughs> exactly. I swear, it's true. Uh-huh. Summer camp. And I urged my mom to to get me a guitar, it was September. I'll always remember when she, we were living at the, not the first floor, but the, how do you say, on the ground ground mm-hmm. floor or something, mm-hmm. and there were big sequoia, enormous, huge, you know, these trees, enormous. And I saw my mom with a guitar coming back from the shop. I saw her, and then she disappeared because they were the trunk. And then she appeared again with the guitar. And it was this. To me, it's the very beginning of the story. And then at this time, there were no real good, real teachers, guitar teachers. I don't even mean good teachers, you know. Mm. 
classical guitar teacher. There were violin teachers who taught the guitar as well, but there were no, no real guitarists. Except at this time there were Alberto Ponce, who became my teacher. And my mom helped me a lot by writing letters. You won't regret it, you have my word. Oh, so hard. Yeah, 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 you, my son is, you know, valuable, he's, he's good. Uh -huh. He won't disappoint you, I'm sure of that, he's a real talent. Yeah, I got like two or three years with very, very bad people, you know, very bad people. Remember one, almost mafioso, you know, the only thing he was interested in, it was to, to make a kind of guitar traffic, you know, something like that. So he pushed, he pushed the student, the young and the, the family to buy guitars. And what do you say? You're naive. You say, okay, 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 good. Let's buy it. So this kind of guy. I asked my, my mom, he said, oh, it's not that. I'm sure it's not that. Because Roland is both composer, interpreter, and arranger, his concert programs tend to be very diverse. He almost always begins with an improvisation, in which he literally composes a piece on the spot, and then what follows may be jazz, Brazilian music, classical, or another original composition. But Roland does seem to have an affinity for one classical guitar composer in particular, a Spanish composer who spent much of his life in France, named Fernando Sor. Uh, it reminds me a bit of Bach somehow, not the mm. style of music, but the perfection. There are people you cannot touch to anything of what they do. Usually, mm. uh, as a composer, it happens very often mm. to touch something, to change something, a note. Because mm -hmm. I'm not only an interpreter. The ah. fact that I'm a composer, I'm a bit both sides of the score, you know ah. what I mean? So I'm supposing sometime, like, I'm sure the composer who was not a guitarist, for example, Rodrigo, for example, right. would have loved to have this there, you know, and he would have loved to tune to put the six in D at the end of Aranjuez, for example. But he can't do that because it was the E. I'm sure he would, he would have loved to have three one different octaves, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's not possible. Since you have plenty of time before the beginning of this, uh -huh. put the six in D. These kind of things. Because I'm a composer, mm. I mean, not like a religious uh, interpreter respecting the, the, the score as if it were the Bible or something like that. Mm. I don't think so. Okay, mm. I'm a composer, so I know how flexible music is. Soar is one of the rare people I cannot touch because it's so perfect. Usually I can't change one note, a chord. Yeah, so I don't need. It's so great. The smallest note is perfect, like Bach. I'm in love with Sor. Mm. And there is no concert where I don't play Sor. Mm. But it became like a superstition now. <laughs> right, yeah, it's right. like, like, like yeah. the impro at the beginning. I need that. I need to play that for many reasons I do impro. But it became superstition. Uh, uh -huh. I need to do soar. And the only things I'm sure about are the uh -huh. impro and soar. Right. The rest, I'm still hesitating, still in the very last second, really. Uh -huh. yeah. As an homage to soar, Roland took some of soar's simple studies and added parts for a string quartet. I will be playing you number one, 
which was so perfect for a string quartet that Roland actually just removed the guitar altogether, as well as number 17 and number 6. Oh yeah, no guitar. No guitar. No guitar. It was a string quartet. Done, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Number six. Oh yeah, I did something. I did something. I remember made a kind of coda, which is mine. It's the only one I really uh, touched a bit, I changed a bit, because I, I got to to know that there were two different endings, and the two versions were very different. One was with a D. And the other D-sharp, which is enormously a big, big difference. But both were nice, and I couldn't decide and select one. So I, okay, let's first time that, and then go back, and then second time with the D-sharp. And because of this, some Ayatollah of classical guitar, my God, he touched to that. <laughs> and I got to know by a friend of mine, you cannot imagine, it was a... A tornado of reactions, what you did, there's a guy, he hates you. <laughs> it was old farts doing that, mostly, you know, like, we are able to fight on a, a quaver for days. Oh, I remember I, I wrote an introduction. Yeah. I had to, because Directly, da, da, it was a bit too straight. Uh -huh. So I felt I had to do something, a kind of intro, in order to create a little a concertino for guitar. I mean, mini concerto. Introduction, and then the guitar comes. Uh -huh. It's not about just putting the guitar part and... No, 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 it was reconsidering the things, of course. So here are a few of Roland's arrangements of Etudes by Fernando Sor, arranged for guitar and string quartet.
the guitar, the first steps were about playing, like inventing things, creating things, even uh, when I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. It was not all about scores, and uh, I wrote songs, and, uh, you know, it was important for me to create something. From the very first step, I, I, it was my quest, you know, to write something, to invent, I say, to invent. So, in my first concerts, I felt that I would feel much better by playing something improvised. It is multi-goal stuff, you know, first it allows you to, to warm up freely, not being with the demand of something difficult or you have to. Second, the acoustic of the place, the relationship, the vibrations with the public, so perfect. It's perfect, you know. And, you know, I didn't invent nothing in terms of improvisation because a long time ago, the prelude was that. Mm. Prelude means in Latin before, you know, to start, appetizer or something, opening thing. Because I'm a composer, a cook, so I need to, to tell the people my recipes or to share, not like an interpreter would share, different. I'm a, a, an interpreter, I'm a guitarist and composer, and that makes the, the process different in my brain. I mean, I don't feel like a kind of little soldier who has to be at the, at the service of a piece to defend this composer. Of course, yes, but I'm doing my stuff, my arrangements, my music, most of all. What I'm saying now to the public is, was something we both discovered at the same time. There is kind of silence, yeah, what do you mean, you know, what do you mean? Yes, I just improvised this. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. So I said, maybe I got the, the info like one second and a half earlier than you did. Because my brain, the process, but mostly we discovered at the same time. Unfortunately, we can't have Roland improvise something for us right now. But I can play you one of his compositions. This is Valse and Sky, written and performed by Roland Dianz.
Yes, arranging wow. to me is, a, is, is more than arrangement, it's an art. It's, it's an art. take it to one. It's almost, it's almost like you're recomposing the pieces. Exactly. Because... Sometimes when I see I, I cannot arrange something for some reason, okay, forget it. I don't want to insist. The arrangement, the, the multi-function mission of, of the arrangement is to bring a new shade on the piece, a new light on the piece, and uh, to bring guitar qualities mm -hmm. to the arrangement, most of the time coming from the piano. So to bring properties of the, of the guitar, you know, not to be just the little soldier imitating like a monkey. The, no, harmonics, you know, things yes. the piano cannot do. Glissandi, apportamenti, you know, like, things like that. And uh, one of the best compliments was made to me by, by a great French pianist after I played the uh, Pavan by Ravel. To me, I do prefer this, the way you did. You treated this version Donald because it's exactly this universe. Impressionists. It's an art. Arrange, arranging, it's, it's an art. The art of sacrifice. You cannot bring all the notes. It's impossible. So art of sacrifice, I would say. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And to keep the essential, to avoid as far as possible the anti-guitaristic things. Mm -hmm. It should remain guitaristic. Difficult, but guitaristic. Mm -hmm. All through, you know what I mean? As if it was written Open strings. Yeah, yeah, bravo. Open strings. The lungs of the guitar, mm. open strings. The guitar needs air, not black. Uh, Scott, the thing is, it sounds like a joke, but it's true. When I'm doing arrangements, like I did Pishinginia, the one I'm going to play for you, for example, the Rosa, it might take me three weeks to decide which key, which scordatura, and a couple of days to make it. Scordatura is the term for when one changes the tuning of the guitar in order to better accommodate the particular harmony of a piece of music and tends to give a warmth or a new color that wouldn't have been possible in the standard tuning for the instrument. Once I know exactly, okay, okay, first half, B part, okay, C part is makeable, okay, no mid part with nightmare barrier and, you know. <laughs> so it's go, okay, go, and then takes me two days to make it, really. The environment. Exactly. Just... Yeah, yeah. I want the whole thing to be really guitaristic. With uh, Chopin, one of the preludes I would have adored to arrange, the f one of the famous da yung, yung, yung. I thought it was perfect for the guitar, yes. but it was not. Changed was the keys, I changed many things. Yeah, you tried it. It was horrible. Yeah, and it sounds possible when you... Yes, huh? you listen to it and it's like, oh, it's a guitar. <laughs> Fluent, easy, open string, E minor, and it's in E minor. Maybe, maybe I, well, with the years, maybe I changed a bit my mind, you know, uh -huh. with the maturity and a new approach and my experience. Because the last time it was like four or five years ago, I tried again. Maybe next time we'll be the good one, knowing what to sacrifice. When one looks for the first time at one of Roland's scores, it's hard not to be intimidated by the degree of specificity in the notation. This is to the point that often the publisher has to invent new symbols for what Roland wants. For instance, some way of telling the player to use the flesh or the nail of a particular finger, 
or to be sure to stop an open string that might be ringing? Yes, my, my indications are always, have always been very precise. You know what, my former publisher, Le Moine, great publisher, uh, it was a time they, they told me there are too many indications and it costs a lot, which is true. You know what, I tried to change my, myself, but I couldn't. I tried. But it was like a violence made to myself, you know. I, it was not me. And the best example, many years ago I wrote something, a duo for the Assad brothers, Côté Nord, and it's a lot of things, like always. And I asked them, or maybe they told me, very precise, a lot of indications, and I said, did it bother you? No, 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 great. We love that. So if the, the Assad brother loved that, you know what I mean. I was writing something, a manuscript, as always, and I had to do something else. Then I went back to this first composition, and there were no fingerings. Shit, what did you write? So even with myself, reading my things, I need my fingerings. <laughs> what do you want? I said to myself. You know what, I, I composed last year uh, 100 pieces, so 40 of them are published and the rest will be worked on with my publisher. They are done. I think it's mostly medium, medium level. I wanted 101, and then I changed my mind because many people say, why 101? So I was a bit tired. 100, yeah, yeah, 100. (laughs) And nobody asked me why, why 100? (laughs) They just say, oh, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We create a new system to force the student and the teachers to know what I want, exactly. F. You say, F, oh yeah, don't do that, or dampening. So it means that sometimes my scores are busy, you know what I mean? That's true. I want to deliver exactly what I have in my mind. Now you are free after to do whatever you want. Change my fingerings if you like. It's a duty somehow to give you what I have exactly, what I want. By the way, I love being surprised by some people of talent and taste. There is one single example of a Swedish student I got many years ago and who put in harmonic in Libra Sonatina, in the slow movement, which easier, better, nicer, and I do it myself now. So I'm open-minded. Flexible is one of the words I I do prefer in life, in music in particular, flexibility. Yeah, music should be flexible, as I told you about Rodrigo, and yeah, it's not engraved in marble. I'm going to leave you with Roland's arrangement of A Night in Tunisia from his album Night and Day, A Visit to Jazz. I hope you enjoyed this episode of All Strings Considered. I'm your host, Scott Wolf. If you have a moment, please rate the show on iTunes or like us on Facebook, and you can also follow the show on Twitter at All Strings. All Strings Considered is brought to you in part by Guitar Salon International, the world's largest selection of fine classical and flamenco guitars and accessories. This piece might sound as if Roland is being accompanied by a percussionist. Let me assure you, it's just him doing it all, and all of it at once. So, enjoy being amazed, and until next time, this is All Strings Considered.